Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes are being led through the bitter, cold mountains in the spine of the world to a secret temple. This hidden temple to Tempest is called the Bastion of the Last Corruption and contains a pool of acid so powerful it can destroy almost anything. The Heralds of Greenest hope to use it to annihilate the amulet that's linking Travancore to the devil responsible for making the deal with his family oh so very long ago. If he is successful, the devil will absolve the deal and release his family from the contract. They have just reached the main gates of the Ember Shoulder Mine. It's the business front that's hiding the entrance to the next leg of their journey, only to see that the gates are wide open and the guards are dead. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Obocrazy. It is the day after Christmas, the fifth night of Hanukkah, if you care about when we actually record these things. And so I got candles lit. I got Christmas stuff going on still. And I have a giant drink. I'm holding this up to the camera to my friends. So yeah, it's a, it's a massive drink. This is one of the level up dice well, Level Up didn't make these mugs, right? It was, they bought them from somebody? The, uh, the big guns? Yeah, these big guys. Yeah, so that is actually made by uh, Crimson Chain, which is one of our artist partners over at Level Up. And it is a Statesman Steel mug. So it's basically cast iron for beer. Ooh. There's your plug. I knew if I asked John, he would know exactly what this was. So, But I did buy this at the Level Up Dice booth uh, many moons ago. Uh, it is a convention exclusive. And it is gorgeous. It's a big steel mug, and it's got the leather wrapping around it that actually has the... Uh, mine is... Uh, so, Lauren, I'm going to do the uh, the Julia picture symbol, because she's busy eating. Oh, oh I already sent one. her... All right, good. Yeah, I was good. I sent Y'all have been on the ball tonight. Huzzah! Ah. Yeah, also, it's, it's, it's a massive mug. It's huge. It's about the size of my head. I have it currently filled with one of uh, Luke and I's favorite things to drink over the holidays, which is hot cocoa with Bailey's and peppermint schnapps. The peppermint schnapps is... We have a, body, a bottle of Rumplemints, which I have to be super careful with because it is very strong. So I decided I was going to make a giant drink with a lot of chocolate and a tiny little bit of Rumplemints. And that's my drink for this evening. And I am excited. Jonathan! What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight, I once again have some Smirkin' Beard Mead uh, made by our good friend uh, Goober the Great. And this one is, once again, the Helper's Goodberry Sour, and it is quite good. And tonight, shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent of, and considering where we are, this is probably about to happen pretty soon, is dedicated to the season. Hogsamea, everybody. Aw, Hogsamea! Hogsamea. Happy fifth Yay. night of Hanukkah for those of you who don't know what we're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hogsamea is basically happy holidays and then it's Hanukkah and yesterday was Christmas and it's, it's, it's all the things. It's everything. Let us move on to uh, someone else who might be also saying Hogsamea. Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, I'm trying something new. It's by Bose, which I genuinely really love. I think I'm trying something new. I don't think I've had this, but I love it. Because the can has little dominoes, and it's called, it's a good time uh, IPA. 
And I don't really normally like IPAs, but this IPA was left at our house by friends. So this is free IPA, fry PA, if you will. And <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> free beer. All- oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It got a little shook up. Uh-oh. It's all shook up. Ba-da-da. Okay, we're going <laughs> to. Oh, that, that's a very nice bubble. That's yeah. almost perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. no. Oh, dear. But not a fan. It's so hoppy. Oh, oh, it's no. so hoppy. Oh. Which, for someone who likes IPAs, probably would find that amazing. Okay, but... actually, hold on. The foam is just all hop. Not my fate. The beer itself, a little less. I think I could get used to this. I think if I had opened it earlier and had it like with dinner, it would have been really good. Because uh, I had leftover tortier. Uh, shout out to all you... Uh, Quebec uh, living Canadians, uh, Quebecois, <laughs> I think is what you're called. Yep, Quebecois. And I had tortier, which is uh, a traditional French-Canadian kind of New Year's Eve, or not New Year's, fuck me. Christmas Eve, I can speak. I've got nouns and pronouns and verbs and adjectives. Traditional Christmas Eve, and it's really, like, wonderful, and it's but it's very, like, intense and heavy, and I feel like this would have paired really well with that and who knows maybe i'll go downstairs and get another slice there you go but it's it's better than it's foam yeah foam always has kind of the because it's got so much of the aromatic and so that yeah hits you twice so we'll we'll check in halfway through which i always say never do but we will and we'll see how it goes meanwhile carlton what are you drinking so i found that i found out that there's one of a, a really good austin restaurant not too close from my work or not too far from my work and I picked up a hibiscus agua fresca. Ooh. It is very delicious and tart. That is the exact opposite of everything else that we've been drinking here so far today. You have light and refreshing. The rest of us are like... Yeah, I went hey. there for lunch and I saw they had the big agua fresca's menu. And I went, I'm going to swing back there on the way home from work and grab something for tonight. There you go. I might have I like one it. tomorrow. I'm a different flavor. Ooh, yeah. How many f- multiple flavors do they have? There was like between eight and ten, I think. I'm looking forward to the recording session where we play and you have like all eight. The horchata, the horchata one, the watermelon, the mango, the banana, the pineapple, the whole, the whole everything. We just set up a, a drinking station. It'll be awesome. Finally, Travancore. What are you drinking? Jack's throat this evening feels bad. So Travancore's oh. choice this evening is uh, Bigelow Peppermint Bark Minty Chocolate Herb Tea, but with a twist. For you see, when I was brewing it, I did not realize that my wife had cumin seeds in the water in the teapot because she likes to drink a, a drink called Giravellum, which is basically just boiled like water with uh, cumin seeds in it. Um, oh, cool. I actually didn't know the word for cumin uh, for years. Like, I've only ever heard it referred to as Jira. And that must be one of those weird things for children of immigrants where it's like every now and again you... If you, even if you grow up speaking English, like, there's some words you just think of in Malayalam or whatever your language is first. And Jira is one of them. So, the live tasting, because I don't know how this is going to turn out. It's got this chocolatey flavor. It smells fantastic. Here we go. I like the festive mug you have as I well. Know. Oh, yeah. This is a gift from my uh, sister's in-laws, who I spent one of my Christmases with. Maybe perhaps all the Christmas running around might have accelerated the uh, the crumminess, overall crumminess of my throat. That happens. That's actually really good. It's... um. Human such a not necessarily the strongest flavor depending on how you have it, and the tea definitely masks it, and uh, it all comes together very nicely. My throat feels much better. Good. Well, I'm I'm glad that your throat feels better. Unfortunately, Travancore might be feeling a little bit worse after the fighting and the walking and the snow and the cold and the stress. You have arrived at the Ember Shoulder Mine only to find that the main entrance has 
issues, let's say. Enough so that not only does your guide, Carissa Kinneborough, stop short to look on in abject horror, I guess would be the face she is giving, but to find, yeah, the gates are open and there do seem to be some dead bodies nearby. You are still quite a bit away from the main gates. A couple of you had, if I remember correctly, nat 20'd some perception checks. So you, you've you just come around the bend. The path that you're leading through, that you're being led through, has very narrow, s- steep edges to them because you are following what you think might have been a riverbed through the mountains. Those of you who looked really keenly before, who I don't remember exactly who it was, but we'll say it was all of you because it probably was, through the open gates, you can see that it starts to open up. There is a bit of a clearing. You can see some other buildings. You don't see any other bodies and you don't see any other people walking around. The sun is starting to set. It is already dark where you are because the sun has gone down behind the mountains but it hasn't completely set yet and the air is still and cold what would you like to do mm. 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 bernie would like to continue to chew bernie, nom, nom, nom. Um, eats a little snack as a free action <laughs> <laughs> i'm just imagining um. her like looking at the bodies and then just stuffing some jerky in her mouth i think so Bernie would like to first investigate, and she knows that Travancore is a lot better at investigation than she is. And so she's like, Travancore, um, I'm, I'm going to need, who is, who's actually invest? Like, we associate Travancore with being better at investigation, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't have a great bonus. It's just plus two. <laughs> who's got the bonus? Okay. Well, she's going to ask Travancore out of politeness because he likes to say Detective Travancore investigates, <laughs> but she's going to be looking slightly beyond him at Jonathan. <laughs> and she's going to be like making an obvious face like, okay, um, uh, so how, wait, first and foremost, how close are we to the bodies? Like, what is our physical distance between like us gate bodies, bo- us bodies gate? Uh, the bodies are on the gate, and you are all maybe 70, 80 feet away. You're quite a ways yet. This was fortunate that some of you were able to notice some of these details before you got too close, so it's kind of up to you how you would approach it. I will say with those perception rolls from earlier, there's no real cover, so it's going to be hard to sneak up. And it is deathly quiet well, with all the snow everywhere, but you are still very far back. Okay, so here we go, guys. Uh, I think there's a couple of ways we can approach this. First and foremost, we need to see if, well, anyone's still there. And I don't know about you all, but I think all of us are kind of, well, running low on our magical abilities. If I can remember, that fight felt like... A month, right? Yeah. I'm, My magical abilities feel I, fine. I'm, I'm out of a couple of high-level spells, but I do have a buddy. And Jonathan the Muscular is going to summon over Bucks and like, Hey, Bucks, do a quiet flyover of the immediate area around the gate and see if anyone is still there. Bucks gives you a nod and starts to head off. I'm going to assume, because I think Rary's telepathic bond is still up, so unless you tell me otherwise, I'm going to assume a lot of this is in the bond, correct? Yeah, and I believe I got all the animals too. So, so yes. Bucks is in the vo- in the call. He is in the call, as is Carissa, as is everybody. So, because um, I believe you recast that during the uh, the 
brief break you took after the fight. So right. So uh, while he does that, Bernie, uh, go on. So if no one's there, I think the best course of action, if it's safe, is to ask one of the dead how they died. It's probably a good call. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular would like to know what we're facing. I'd like to get as much as we can from the surrounding area because dead aren't really always eager to tell you or they don't know how to tell you or they don't really have the ability, like if they're all, I don't know. Um, But I think we ask, uh, unless it's incredibly painfully obvious, Um, but uh, I'd like to know what we're facing um, and I'm willing to burn a spell slot on that. Okay. Which is why I need some people to do some investigation. Well, Detective Travancore will investigate. I will say, before you investigate, you have seen, uh, you've heard Bucks get sent off. And so he's in the process of flying over there. Did you want to follow him or did you want to wait for him to come back before you went up to go investigate? Maybe I'll hang out for a little bit. Like, I see Bernie just, like, frantically, like, motioning, I guess. Like, Travancore's about to mosey on over. like, And then he puts his fist down. And uh, stays safe. <laughs> All right. Exaggerated walking motion. Exaggerated mo- motion. Put away. Oh, Travancore excelled in his class with exaggerated walks. They had better than the silly walks. <laughs> Is Bucks attempting to be more quiet and uh, ste- uh, stealthy or get more details? He is going to... I think he is going to be a brave owl and he is going to sacrifice a bit of stealth for extra investment. Actually, he doesn't really have to because he already has really awesome eyes. I don't know. I guess if he has to make a choice, he wants to go for details because he's hope he's hoping that the fact that he's an owl is stealth enough. Basically, what he thinks as he starts to fly on over is that, uh, yes, he's got an excellent perception. But in order to stay stealthy in this case, he would have to fly fairly high. And obviously, the further away, the less detail is going to see. So this is this is basically me asking, is he willing to be a little closer to what he's looking at, at the risk of being noticed? Or does he want to stay safe, but probably not see as many details? He's going to try and take in as much information as he can. Great, then I need a perception check from Bucks. All right. First roll of the evening. Ooh, not good. Um, 12. All right. So he flies in. So the first thing he does is he kind of wings straight down. He's hugging the right wall of this cavern, essentially. It's an open air because of the, the mountains. But he's kind of hugging the right mountain, flies over the gate, and then goes into the courtyard just enough to get a quick glimpse before coming back around. Basically, he kind of for a moment gets out of your 100-foot radius for, even though I think Rory's telepathic telepathic bond is a much bigger radius, he is so used to that 100-foot radius being kind of the, the inner circle that he uses that as his benchmark to come around and come back. Here's what he notices. Flying over the gate, he sees the two bodies. They do seem to be humanoids of some sort. It's hard to tell specifics because they are obviously dressed for the weather. They are in armor and heavy winter gear with hats and gloves. There's surprisingly not a... It's not carnage. They were obviously killed. These are these are dead bodies. Bucks doesn't see blood splatters and everything there's there's some a little bits of blood under each of these bodies and buck sees some claw marks on one of them but nothing else in specific as he wings his way into the main courtyard of the amber shoulder mine 
this opens up quite a bit. He can now see at least a dozen different small buildings, maybe some barracks, uh, a couple of meeting houses, a couple of towers for what he would assume and what you would assume would be like guard towers. You are in kind of a natural clearing space in the middle of these mountains. And over on the right, he can also see a wooden walkway that has been built into the the stone and the snow that leads into what looks like a cave in the mountainside. There might be more, but there's only the one that he can see with the quick pass through. The odd thing about this is that he doesn't see anyone. There is not a body. There are not people. There are not anything. And as he wings his way back, taking the quick glance around and then coming back over the gate, he notices there are no tracks in the snow. And you all know that the snow has been falling pretty heavily all day. And so he did see claw marks on one of the bodies, but just no blood. A little bit of blood, but, but not, not like, like... not like gobs. Like, this is not the end of, of Carrie. Okay, got it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Bucks wings back. And as he's winging back, he relays all of this. Oh, 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 my, my, um... Well, I have searched the area, and I, 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 I don't, I only see the two bodies on the gates. No one else around, no tracks, no blood either. There's just some around one of the bodies, but uh, like no no ghastly carnage or, or much aside from the two corpses. Ooh. Travancore immediately looks up. Into the sky, you mean? Yeah. It's snowing. It's still snowing, those big, thick, kind of fluffy flakes. Roll me a perception check. Cool, cool. Eleven. Don't see anything that you weren't expecting to see, but it's gray and starting to get dark and there's big flakes everywhere, so limited visibility. Travancore looks back down. Well- So if we want to tell more, we'd do investigation check, right? Uh, yeah. If you- It kind of depends on what you would like to do. I guess Bernie wants to know if there's any tracks leading up to the gate. Um, from what Buck saw winging his way back, no, there's no tracks in the snow. Like, you are creating the first tracks in a while, which indicates to all of you and to him that no one has walked this since this morning when the snow began to fell, to fall. Uh, Bernie's gonna ask Bucks. He's in the call, right? No. Yep. Um, Bucks, how uh, fresh did the bodies look? He relays a picture to, you know what? This will be more interesting. Usually, so usually, Jonathan, you would get an image in your head. He, he doesn't actually, you know, except for being in the call. Oh, okay. He usually speaks in images. In the call, because of the nature of the call, all the animals actually have been using words. But in this moment, he reverts to what you're used to, which is the presentation of things that he has seen. And because... There's like this weird bit of hesitation because he's showing a dead body, but because Bernie has asked and because this is important, like there's, you can almost feel his hesitation just because, uh, this is gross and I don't want to show it to people, but we're going to have to deal with it anyway. You all see a very clear image of the one body that he could see the claw marks on and Bernie roll a medicine check. He Ooh. shared a file to the meeting. He pretty Bernie much did. Bernie is just like... 
Wait, he uploaded wait. a JPEG. Wait, 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 wait. I know this is like a life and death dire situation. Is this always? This is what it's like, right? This is the thing. Jonathan the Magimuscular uh, assures you this is what it's normally like. Huh. Yeah. You usually sure. get pictures and feelings and images and, and impressions, and it's only been the call that has allowed you to get words. Good job, buddy. Oh, God, that was bad. What'd you well, roll? It's a, it's a very, he didn't save it at a very high DPI is what we're getting. I'll say from the picture that you're given, the problem isn't that it's, it's a very clear picture. The problem is because this corpse is dressed for the weather, it's incredibly difficult to see any bare skin. And that's what you would use to determine cause of death. Ah. So you would need to, you think if you could see Tan's feet face something like that you could come pretty close well i think the only way forward is forward right and uh it doesn't sound like anyone's around so we should have time to for you to cast your spell and i mean we'll cover you either way and uh, almost called you sedlak but that's fine because we all know (laughs) how my brain's working today Uh, (laughs) um carl we should all be uh, sedlaks we should all be sedlaks I, you know a lot of animals, weird and wild. Do you have any idea of anything that would be able to not lead? Like, do you, in your professional raised by wolves appear, opinion, have these bodies just been there all morning, or is there something that can come and go without leaving a trace? Uh, in my professional raised by wolves opinion, I was not a very good wolf, so I always ended up leaving tracks. So, uh, but there are creatures, you know, that could fly, you know, that have, that could, could have, like, claws. Can I, with the uh, file that was uploaded, the JPEG that Bucks uploaded, can I kind of do, like, a, some type of, like, check to see, like, survival or something to see if I can try to, like, recognize the types of claw marks? Sure. Give it a try. Survival? Yeah. Uh, so that is a soft 20. Okay. Ooh, much better than mine. <laughs> You can't tell without closer examination exactly what it is, but they do not look familiar to you at all. And they're huge. Huge. The distance that Bucks was flying in order to get the, like, he's oh, not like zooming. Oh, like scaling Yeah, there's no zooming involved. Yeah. So. I just, I try can... to, like, zoom with my hands and it's just being, like, a giant, but, like, and, like, enhance, <laughs> enhance, enhance. It just gets more and more pixelated. Carlton, for some reason, keeps pinching at the air, and none of you know why. No, Carlton, it's not in our hands. It's in our minds. <laughs> you can tell, because of the the image, the size of the claws in relation to the, the body and the surrounding areas. And so, without getting closer and doing a little more examination, you, you can't tell more. But you don't know of any creatures that could do this. Bernie, I, I, I don't quite remember anything that can, but like I said, flying creatures can not leave tracks in the snow but i'm gonna take a closer look yeah and walls don't work against flying i learned that from magic gathering the what the what don't worry that's a shout out to (laughs) specifically my husband (laughs) uh carissa speaks up in the call at this point and says if the bodies have been here a while and the snow is this heavy then they could have covered up any tracks Mm. just because we don't see any doesn't mean that there weren't any here and I would be very cautious just because... Yeah, I'm going to go take a cautious, close look. Yeah, just because... I think we're all going to move that way. I think we just just surround, kind of do an Overwatch thing, 
and oh, and let Bernie, you know, you over, watch over, over, over. Like it's a card. There, you guys yeah. are gonna form like a clump of grapes around me, and I'm gonna talk to the dead body. Exactly. Cool. All right, let's a uh, clump of grape around Bernie and mosey on over to the dead bodies. All right, you mosey on over to the dead bodies. Now that you are there at the gate, you can see the gate itself doesn't seem to have any damage to it. It is open. Good. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> I figured. Yeah, there's no obvious damage. Uh, there's no- nothing destroyed or splintered. There's not even really any like claw marks since you're looking for them because of the body on the gate. Looks like someone just opened it and it swung open. It's not a thick, really intense gate. Like, this is barely a chest-high wall of really nicely put-together timber and and some rocks. Not, But it's nothing that is going to hold off a, a fortifying army. It is literally a, a stopping point just before you enter the main complex. The two bodies, uh, one are on each side of the open gate, kind of on the, the sections and where a guard could climb some stairs and stand on top to get a better view of what's coming up. The body on the left is the one that has the claw marks. The one on the right still needs to be examined. Both of them seem to be dwarves. Both of them are obviously dead. And as you approach and turn them over to get a look at their face, get a look at, you know, their hands and everything, they are very very pale these have been bernie without doing another check these are uh, unfortunately people who have been dead at least 12 hours it's a little hard to tell without some further examination just because of the cold but these these this is not recent recent this is probably early this morning hey um how long has the the call been going have the telepathic bond uh you recast it in the afternoon, I believe, just after you took a short rest. Mm-hmm. So it would have been like five, five and a half hours, because I think it's an eight-hour spell, right? It's only a one-hour spell. It's um, only one-hour spell. Yeah. Oh. That's, okay, well, then it's kind of up to you whether you would recast it before you'd arrive I or would what. say that it's probably on its way out, so what I was going to... what Jonathan Well, definitely... Imagine- you recast it before you left right. at noonish, so it would have been up to you whether you had recast it at any point before you arrived. I, I guess we we might have uh, I I might have asked if you know we could have get taken a break to recast it at some point. I also think that like seeing the dead bodies from a distance, you would probably be like, "Hold up!" But so okay, I guess if it was that, basically, if I needed to, uh, I would have Jonathan recast it now while we're kind of taking a break. But if we feel like we would have had, like there's still a good amount of time, he's going to he's gonna prioritize watching over Bernie. And on that thought, he's going to say, Bucks, go up about 100 feet and circle around us, please. He's going to start to do that. I'll just need to know right now, did you cast it before you approached or are you casting it now? Because that means- I'm going to say, that- let's, let's cast it now because I don't think he would have been- prescient to know that there was something wrong here okay he's gonna kind of go on the other side of the gate and hunker down and say hey i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and recast the call G- give me about 10 minutes all right and with that i'll kind of brandish sword and steel and uh kind of take up defensive positions uh, you know from jonathan and bernie bernie's gonna investigate the other body to see how it died sure do you want medicine or do you want an investigation you take a quick look at the one on the left that had the obvious claw marks, and 
the reason it had obvious claw marks is because when Bucks flew over, all he could see was essentially what was face up. And this dwarf was kind of on, on their side. The other one is face down. And when you roll them over, you see very similar claw marks. Very large. Like, larger than what Shadow could do. And once again, not a ton of gore blood. These looked surgical, almost. Like, precise. Did they look like they cauterized on impact? Uh, roll a investigation check for that. I was going to say, or what kind I'll, of creature has scalpels for hands? I'll take an investigation or a medicine check, and they'll tell you different things. Yeah, while Bernie is rolling that, Travancore is going to draw his bow so to defend Bernie in case he sees anything, but he's going to have Shadow walk up to the other side of the bodies from Bernie and uh, do a keen smell perception check to see if he smells anything that either is familiar or that he would, rec- he would recognize. That is a 18. On a investigation or a medicine? Medicine. She wants okay. to know if, because I feel like that's a medical question. What she's asking is, so here's here are the things that I, Julia, am thinking through, which is A, first and foremost, is it a hot knife, literal hot knife through butter situation, where whatever claw hit them was so physically hot, say, from some kind of fiend from another plane, that it would have cauterized the wound on impact. Like, basically, as it rakes through, there's no blood coming out because it has literally burned and sealed the f- all of the tiny little blood vessels. What, in my head, she would be trying to think, like, oh, what are we... Or is it just a really, really, really sharp knife that is so... Or knife-like situation that is so incredibly sharp that a it's a whole thing, like... Like one of those like knife demos you see where the blade cuts through like it's like a big tall chunky thing of bamboo like it's <laughs> nothing like I thought you were gonna say like a shoe or something <laughs> or a shoe or like so in my head she's trying to fit I mean obviously this is a dangerous thing but it's one of those questions of like I feel like from those answers she should be able to be like oh I could make a religion check and realize that this kind of creature is this has this much power, has these sharp things that could do this. Like, yeah, sure. And I feel like 18 is pretty good, given the last one. <laughs> 18 is pretty good. These are not cauterized in any way. They are just very, very sharp. But for your keen eyes and medical training and healer's training as well, this was sharp and deep enough to be practically an insta-kill. These dwarves died quickly because they were just almost slashed completely from from neck to gut in one clean, quick motion. And so there's not a lot of blood because whatever, whoever did this was fierce and fast and deep. And what did Shadow get on their smell check? 22. Oh, this is this is not from here. This, these are not natural. This has been a while, but even after a while, the snow holds. The snow holds fiends. The snow is like my hair and holds smell for like days. Yeah, there's been nothing to disperse the smell. And Shadow is familiar enough and keen enough and... Bernie is giving this report, and then you you hear Shadow. These are fiends. <sighs> I am 
not surprised, but I think it would still behoove us to ask how many and where did they come from if we can. Is everyone in agreement? I think so, too. Yep. Sounds like a plan. How many? I'm going to take that idea. Yes, Jonathan. <laughs> Carissa speaks up at this point and says, how long will that take? That's a good question. Speak with the dead. One third level necromancy. One action. Dura- oh, duration 10 minutes. It's okay. Remember we covered my brain and the not working part? It's okay. And the having to go to a mall this morning? That's fine. That's fine. So yeah, it'll happen quick. It'll yeah. be quick, but um, it could take up to 10 minutes. That's all the time we are allotted. It depends on how willing the deceased are to speak. Okay. She looks around, she looks nervous, and she'll say, I, I'll follow your lead here, but I am nervous about not examining this whole area first. Well, if you'd like to examine the area while I do this, that'll work. But it's five questions, and every question is a question. So if you're going to stay, unless you have something you want me to ask. Well... Why don't I go with Carissa to kind of do a perimeter? And Travancore, since you have range, you can hit stuff from far away. So you stay up close because, you know, if anything is on the perimeter with me and Carissa, I can start hacking at it and you can start shooting at it. But if something pops in from below, you can pull out more to more. Long distance. Got it. Yeah, long distance. All right. I'm going to go with Carissa then and do a perimeter check while Bernie's asking the questions. Uh, Carissa looks uncomfortable, but will nod at you. And before you leave, she'll whisper quietly under her breath, because this whole time she's been trying to be very quiet since you don't have the telepathic bond up. And she'll say, I just don't like that there's no other bodies. Not that I want bodies, but where there should have been dozens of people here and I don't know where they've gone. And how many do you know if any- it, this hey, was up Carissa. to me i would turn around now and go back to the city well we don't really have that option okay especially at night which you made incredibly clear so tell me what you know about everyone who's supposed to be here do you know these two people these two only by reputation the vast majority of people are just miners working here and she gives you a very long intense look and then looks back over at jonathan and then back at you and then i need you to roll a insight check oh good um, oh, okay that could be good at it and could roll terribly oh 17 she doesn't want to say anything while people can be listening in and her eyes are everywhere she is looking at every point that she can and down at the bodies and up at you and back at the at everything and yeah she she very pointedly stops talking and looks at you and it's very clear that she does not want to say more when speaking out loud is what she has to do well we don't really have a lot of options would you like to go in knowing what we're facing or would you like to go in blind I told you what I would like, which is to turn around and leave, despite the cold, despite the snow, despite the dark. But if you insist on staying, I would also like to know what has happened to some of my friends. And so we will go and we will investigate. And she looks over Carlton as quietly as possible. Do you know their names? These two? It'd sure help. Which one are you going to speak to? I don't know if you know them by reputation. Do either of them have a more amenable reputation than the other? 
I do not know their names. I know that anyone that has been hired to work this mine has been thoroughly vetted. And I trust the overseer who vets them. So Would would... they know your name? Yes, they would know. So we could say we're a friend of Carissa's. That would not be technically true. Yeah, no, it wouldn't be. But you know what? We're going to get the information we need. But it's okay to lie to dead people. We'll talk about that later, Carlton. She she gives the both of you a very harsh look, and then you can almost you can very clearly see she basically takes a breath and moves on for the sake of this conversation. But that she has words, and she says, "The overseer, her name is Venwolda Wyvernsbane. She is the one that is in charge. She is a friend of mine, and I trust." her to have hired good people that are hard workers that are considerate and kind of each other but very capable wait is one of these her no okay this is the overseer's name the overseer's name she does carissa doesn't know who the two people the dead people are she just knows that the reputation of anyone that the overseer has hired would be excellent uh and the overseer's name is van wolda wyvernbane Okay, um, Bernie's gonna kind of eeny, meeny, miny, mo it. Okay, roll a, roll a d20, evens, it'll be the one on the left, odds it'll be the one on the right. The one left being the one that you saw the claw marks on. It's evens, it's the one on the left, let's uh, cast speak with the dead. Okay, as she moves on over there, Carissa and Carlton are gonna start their perimeter. Carlton, uh, just before you get out of earshot, the last thing Carissa will say is... If you will follow me, I am familiar with this. I'll take us on a very expedient, quick route and get us back in about five minutes. Are you okay with that? I trust you, because you've not led us uh, astray so far. I am unhappy that this has happened. And despite the fact that it might not be the best solution, turning around and going back depending on what we find, might be the only choice of course of action. Can I incite her and kind of determine her meaning of why she said it was happy that it happened? Not happy. No, she's not happy. Oh, not happy. Sorry, I misheard. She, yeah. Might have broken I'm not happy that this happened. Gotcha. She, like, when you I say... I thought, like, because yeah, Carlton doesn't inside. know about the Bernie Carissa thing, but I was like, John the Player, if she was happy that it happened, like, well, it sucks that it happened, but it brought me and my niece together. No, 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 no. She is not, she is unhappy. She is on edge. You're, I'll say even with your passive insight, you can tell that the reason she is so upset and wants to just turn around and go back is because she is assuming that whatever happened here is related to all of you. Like, she's not blaming you for it, but she can tell, like, she doesn't think there's a coincidence. So the last thing she then will say is, stay as quiet as possible. And she'll start to lead you off to the left, hugging the left wall. Are you, is it just the two of you going or any animals going? Bucks is up, kind of keeping an eye on things in general. Is there anybody else who's going with the two of them? Mm, I think Shadow's going to stay put. I think the plan is for Travancore to stay back with the spellcasters for yeah. protection. And honestly, if anything runs into them, like having Shadow will only help with us. So you guys, yeah. the two of you, I think you have it. You have I think pack. two and two, with the, like, with the two spellcasters being incapacitated, not mechanically, but... Doing Priorly, uh, they're busy, but the spellcasters being busy, uh, it's best to have our four front people out split in half. 
Sure. Which I know goes against everything you say in D&D about splitting the party. But, you know, we're doing it anyway because I trust what's going to happen. I love it. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on January 5th at 8pm Pacific, so open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. G-O-W-N-S-U-D-D-M-O-A-I So use that code, and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. We're going to jump back to Bernie and her Speak with Dead momentarily, but first, uh, I'm going to have Carissa and Carlton make stealth checks and perception checks. I'm going to let you go first so that we don't get our roles mixed up. Uh, right. Do a so stealth you want check first. Stealth check first. Okay. And then a perception check. So my stealth, it will be a 14. And then my perception is a 15. Excellent. Middle of the road. Uh, her stealth. Whoa. <laughs> well, fuck you, Carissa. Let's drink. Everybody drinks that natural Dang. 20. That's the best kind of DM natural 20 is when she's playing a NPC that is trying to help the party. Right. I turn around to like ask her a question. She's gone. (laughs) She's not quite as stealthy as your friends are, but with a 33. Yeah. Carlton, unless you lay eyes on her, she makes zero noise. Uh, So that's her stealth check. Her perception check is an 18. Okay. Uh, so the two of you quietly walk into the snow and start to do your your perimeter. And as you do that, Bernie, you cast Speak with Dead. And this dwarf that you've rolled over and laid out, unlike a lot of the other times that you have cast this spell that have been humanoids that have been dead for quite a while or have suffered grievous injuries, this, for the moment when it <gasps> takes that breath, just before it starts to regard you with kind of clear glassy eyes. This seems to be a a male dwarf, a thick brown beard with a very small braid and a very dark skin. And then just in all the normal accoutrement that all of you are in armor, in thick furs with gloves, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. And their eyes are this dark brown. And because of the cold and because of everything, it's really just kind of the paler pallor to the darker skin and the the slightly frozen movements that indicate that this was a, a dead corpse. You know, because corpses, they're alive all the time. Anyway, the this dwarf gives that shuddering breath and then turns eyes to you. Hello. My name is Bernice. I'm sorry to tell you that I've only brought you back for a short while, but we need your help. If I understand correctly, Vinwolda hired you, and she is very good friends with a member of 
our party, Carissa. I hope we won't find that Vinwolda has also moved on, but I'm going to ask you some questions. I hope you'll answer them to the best that you can, because we, we really need you. Can you tell me what killed you? A leathery creature with claws and spikes came out of the darkness. It was so fast. It was so sudden. It was not natural. That is unfortunately what I was afraid of. Could you tell me, was there only one, or were there more? There was two that attacked and moved on, but they came with something else. They had a leader? I am unsure. I was dead before I could see it clearly. You said they came out of the dark, and you seem to know your way around the mine. We are here to, um, what was the word she gave us? Not investigate. OSHA. Let's say inspect. Inspect. We are here to, and she raises an eyebrow, inspect the mines. And I would be much obliged if you could tell me where in the mines they came from. They did not come from the mines. They came from the path. Bernie's gonna see if anybody else in her group, since that's three questions and the last one's gonna be about gods and burial, uh, have a final question that they think would help. While you think about that... Well, the only one in their group is Travancore that is gonna answer. Jonathan, I'll say, even though he's in the middle of a ritual, he is aware enough to know what's going on. I would say that if he had something brief to include, he could. That in mind, while you think, we'll skip back over to Carissa and Carlton. She leads you around the left side of this clearing, skirting several buildings, stopping at the back of almost all of them to pause and listen. None of the buildings look like anything fancy. In fact, most don't even have windows, or if they have windows, they are shuttered because it is the middle of winter and the spine of the world. So you get the sense that this is this is how they are keeping these buildings warm. Although you see no fires in fireplaces because there's no smoke coming out of smokestacks. But most of the buildings are utilitarian, square big thick laws, uh, uh, logs of a little bit of, of stone. And she just kind of pauses at each one to listen. But she doesn't, she doesn't even like move up to put her ear against anything. She is being so incredibly cautious about being stealthy that you almost lose her a couple of times in shadow, especially now that the, the sun is going down. This whole area is ringed in dim light. And interrupt me if there's any point. She's just going to assume you're following her. She'll kind of keep an eye on you, but she isn't going to, she doesn't give you any directions. She doesn't turn to you at any point. She just continues to very cautiously move from the back of a building to a back of the building to a back of the building. You can see that the main courtyard of this area is 
fairly open. It's a good 70, 80 feet in radius that you, you have to assume has to be places where carts are being brought up to. She actually stops at one building that you think might be a stables, but you see no horses, not even bodies, nothing. She stops, she listens, she moves on. As you get towards the, if if where your friends are is six o'clock, as you get to 12 o'clock in this clearing where the, the actual mine is, mm. that's where you now see one of two entrances into the mountains. The other one that Bucks had seen before, but this first one is now revealed as you've gone far enough away. It is what looks like a large wooden bridge leading into a giant hole in the mountainside. She does not go over the bridge. She doesn't even come close to the hole, although she gives it very careful looks. And then continues towards uh what looks like a fairly large like one of the larger buildings on this property that looks like it's a two-faced building like it's got a front entrance and then there might be like a separate thing along the back and this one does have not open windows but unshuttered windows so she's heading in that direction is there anything you want to do up until this point I was going to say, I'm assuming that that first perception is kind of like as I'm following her around, my just general awareness, stuff like that, right? Pretty much. It's it's your general awareness throughout this whole trip around. So yeah. unless you want something... I was going to say, this with the, when we finally come on the building that's unshuttered, at this point, Carlton's curiosity is getting the better. I'm like, we see all these buildings that are shuttered up and we're not going in and we're not looking. And I'm like, what are all these buildings? Like, are these barracks? Are they kitchens? What are they? And then finally, I see a cool looking bridge. And then she's like, no, we're not going to go on it. And we go up to a building without any shuttered window. I'm like, I'm going to take a peek in. Okay. So I'm going to like to peek in. I will say, so have you said any of this out loud or is this all internal monologue? Internal monologuing. Because like, she was very adamant about it being very quiet. And like, oh, don't get me wrong. Carlton would love to strike up a conversation with her the entire time they're doing this. But I have a feeling that she's probably just as mean as Bernie. Hmm. Go ahead and roll an insight check. She just rolled an insight on you to see how much she can read from your expressions and and what you're thinking about. Uh, That's a natural 20. So that's a 22. (laughs) I feel like, not that she's mean like Bernie, but I'm going to get yelled at like Bernie yells at me. So it's like, they're not mad. They're just disappointed in the decision that you're making at this moment in time. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Because she she also rolled a 19 on her uh, insight check. So the two of you kind of read each other very well. So she gets from you everything that you're talking about. What you get from her, she's not mad at you. She's not mad at any of you. She's mad because, and you can only assume these are, she talked about friends of hers. These are people she's been working with for a while. These are probably people she cares about. And at the moment, they're either dead or missing or something horrible has happened. But you do, she doesn't glare at you, and she's not mean more than businesslike. And at every moment that you, that instinct of exploration kicks in, especially at the entranceway to what is pretty obviously one of the mines, the posture that she gives you is uncomfortable, almost fear, 
And then, I'm assuming like a little like no head nod, like Mm-mm. she doesn't even do that. Like the okay. two of you are in tune enough with with each other at this moment, and the fact that you don't even try, the fact that you move away, she doesn't even have to. Like you can tell this bothers her tremendously for all of the reasons that are understandable plus the fact that you have no idea what's going on so she wants to do this as quickly and efficiently as possible she is doing this in the way that she thinks will put you and her and your friends in the least danger and uh whatever you're gonna gleam that uh you can bring back you'll make a decision at that point but this is like she's given herself five minutes and she's given you five minutes, and she doesn't want to attract any attention whatsoever. Oh, I'm still going to look in the unshuttered windows, though. Oh, and I'll, I'll <laughs> say with that natural 20, you do notice at the unshuttered windows, she also makes a move to go look in the window. She specifically, though, you do realize she's not looking in the front windows. She goes to the back window. Yeah, so then I'll go in the opposite so that, like, whatever she can't see, I'd be able to, like, kind of, like, judging by the shape of the building... Like, if she's going to the back, if there's multiple rooms, right? Like, I'd be looking at a different room than she would be. It looks like a... It's a mostly square building. The front area is a little smaller than the back. And so, I'll, give me a perception check. So, you're going to go kind of to one of the... I'm going to say you're smart enough to know not to go to one of, the, like, the front... front yeah. Uh, to, like, but basically, like, try not to look in the exact same, like, area or room that she is. Sure. What'd you roll? Uh, that's a soft 20. Okay. You look in one of the side windows, closer to the front. She goes to the back. You see what looks like an office. It looks like a very simple office. Filing cabinets, a desk, papers on the desk. The candle that was on the desk is totally burnt out. There is no fire in the fireplace. There's a couple of blankets sitting on the chair, but you don't see any people. Uh, and it looks like a very boring, it almost kind of reminds you of Rizzo Riverhopper's, the front of his office. Like, it's very utilitarian. I'm going to make a mental note to come back once we have Talban and Full Quorum to get, to do some investigating. All right. As you and Carissa meet back up and continue to go around, Bernie. I give her, like, the okay symbol. Like, are we cool? Uh, she furrows her brow as though she's not sure how to answer that but she cocks her head in a way that indicates to keep going okay i just want to make sure there wasn't anything we need to be worried about with what she may have seen she doesn't like indicate that you should look or anything right she doesn't indicate that i should look and she doesn't indicate bad so I'm, I'll, I'll continue with where we're at yeah all right as you continue uh what were the last two questions you would like to ask your corpse travancore is gonna Speak up in the uh, in the tell bond and say, "There's no tell bond just yet." Oh, you can whisper in my ear. All right, Travis Cora whispers into Bernie's ear. The more I, we know about Van Walda, Wyvernbane, the better. Point. Um, what could you tell us about Van Walda, Wyvernbane? She is the overseer of this mine. I respect her. She is tough, but. Fair, deliberate, careful. She cares more about us than the gemstones. And that is sometimes hard to find. I hope 
she is still alive. We'll try to find her if she is. Uh, I'm sure you've probably guessed that I'm a cleric. Do you and your companion have a god that you follow that might have a way you would like to be buried? I am gone, and so this body means nothing to me. My friend is a follower of the goddess of luck, and if this is the bad luck, then he probably feels the same. Now that this has happened, we both move on. And as he says that, the eyes just finally move off of your face and just kind of stare off into the middle distance and you watch as the the jaw goes lax again. Uh, can I do a religion check, or unless you think I know it, about the goddess of luck? You would know about Avandra. She is the the goddess of, of luck and fortune. She's mostly known as the goddess of luck. She's the one that people pray to if they're going to gamble. Not like evil gambling, like it literally luck. Uh, but she's also the goddess that people pray to and they want something that could go either way in their favor. Um, she's also the goddess of trade and travel, which would be something that a lot of people in this area would probably pray to, what with how important the, the mining is in this area. And yeah, she's got, all gods have some burial rituals, but Avandra would not necessarily be one that involves something extensive. I feel like Bernie would at least want the bodies moved nicely, because her Barrow rituals involve flame. They're not going to do that. But, uh, yeah, I think she'd want to, like, she will just quietly say a prayer for their souls um, and try not to make mean comments about luck. Sure. Uh, you can very easily do that while you are doing that. And I'll say if you wanted to either move both bodies together or just position both bodies in something more respectful with the idea that if you need to, you can come back. While that's happening, I need Bucks and Travancore and Shadow to make perception checks. Wow, Bucks not not very perceptive today. Uh, 12 for Bucks. Okay. Okay, Travancore got a 16. Shadow got a 12. Okay. Travancore, you can now see as it's getting close to the end of the, the 10 minutes that, that Carissa said that she'd be gone for. You see Carissa and Carlton coming around. It looks like they've kind of cut. Let me back up a second. The clearing that this mine is in is more oval than round. They've gone around the left side. They've gone around the back. And now they're they're not doing the entire circuit. They've kind of cut across some buildings so that they could make it back in time before 10 minutes are up. Like you think that Carissa now kind of understands how very telepathic bond works and wants to be back in time to be included in it. So they've cut across and they're maybe about 30 seconds away. Bucks in his position can also see this, even though he didn't roll as well, but where he is, he can, he can clearly see the entire courtyard and Shadow is just keeping an eye out. Carlton and Carissa, as you make your way back, now that you've stopped at a bunch of buildings, especially that far back building. Carissa is still stopping at buildings to take a brief pause to listen, but it's quicker. It is definitely more hurried. 
Uh, so Carlton, unless there's something specific you would like to do, she, you're getting the indication that she is she's done with her investigation unless something pings her. She's wrapping it up. No, nothing has really piqued my interest other than questions that I might have for her, which I know to wait until we have mine, mine meld. Okay. You do notice as you cut across the right-hand side of this large mining complex. And so instead of going around the back of all the buildings, you're now cutting through a bunch of buildings. And there are several buildings closer to the wall that you are moving in front of now instead of in back of. These seem to be larger. These, you get the sense these are probably barracks. In fact, these have windows in the front, although it's hard to see from from the vantage points that you're running to. Uh, but those are much larger. The ones along the front seem to be more processing stations or offices or they're they're definitely smaller. The ones in the back, they seem to be longhouses. Um, but she does not stop to to really investigate too much. All right. You get back just as Jonathan, you finish Rary's telepathic bond. And so you Bing. can include them. Tell bond. Except. Yes, I accept the charges. Carissa will accept. Same. Oh, oh, I have been included in several of these tell bonds. Oh, oh my. I have, I just, I just have so much to say. Oh, uh, hey, uh, buddy, John of the Magic Muscular, uh, keep, keep the channel clear, please. The office is empty. The courtyard is empty. There's not even horses in the stables. Something is wrong. I do not feel comfortable doing a house by house search of this area. Not when we don't know exactly what has happened or where everybody is. And so unless, and this is all in the Telbon, but she will then look at Bernie and say, unless you have some more actionable intelligence, I'm going to suggest that we just flee. What was that building that we looked into, Carissa? That was uh, the overseer's office. and That was her office. That was her office and her quarters. And I figured if there was anything worth looking at for or any bodies or any people that that's what we would find. But I found... Well, I did see her desk and it might give us some idea if we go take a look, a closer look about what was happening in the days leading up to the attack. You went, you looked at the front, the front office? Yeah. That's not her... More the side. Yeah, that uh, that would have been her adjunct uh, in the front, her basically an office keeper. You didn't see anybody up there? No, it was, there was nobody. I figured you were going to the back, so I would take a look at a different room just in case. Uh, the back is her office, and then gotcha. I took a quick look inside of where her her quarters are, and I didn't see. The same thing stands, though. I think we should take a look at the books and the desks and see if there's any type of information we can glean. That maybe they found something when they were mining you know, there's all kinds of like ancient books that somebody you know starts reading in weird languages and then bad things come out or you disturb something that you shouldn't have disturbed. Jonathan the Magimuscular, uh, I think I think Bernie actually touched on that with one of the bodies. Yeah, um, he oh? said it, uh, Jack, who was taking notes, he said it came over the bridge. Which it came from the path, not from the mines. The path? He said it came from the path, not from the mines. Well, and there was a, a path, like, wait, the path like we came up or like the the bridge path? Bernie, you, you, it was pretty clear from the way that you asked 
that the attack came from essentially the direction you came from into the from the path into this area, not from the mines. Plus, it seemed like this happened pretty fast. So he said it was incredibly fast. Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't think that this is any, anything that they dug up or or anything they would have internally like logged. They they just came in. I need everyone to roll a perception check. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Okay, bucks first. I in the sky, bucks, and then me. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Bernie perceives all. Wow. So nice. A lot of natural twenties on these these perception checks. As an update, this does get better with time. Just don't drink Good. the foam. Mm. Or drink the foam and like IPAs. Like like hoppiness. Yeah, if you like really hoppy things, accidentally shake your can up like a lot and enjoy the foam. Okay, so Bernie with the natural 20 that we're all going to drink to got a 25. What what did Trevancore get? 26, natural 20 also. Ooh, drink Wait, again. what? Yeah. We know everything that's going on in this mine, Lauren. Damn. You can keep nothing from us. For that. Okay. Wow, why is everyone rolling natural 20s? Bucks and Jonathan? Bucks gets a soft 20, and Jonathan the Magimuscular gets a 19. And Carlton? Uh, a 24, but that's, there was no naturals in there. Well, and I guess for funsies, I'll roll for Carissa. Do it, do it, get that natural. Watch yeah. her get like a four. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. She's upset. Meanwhile, Shadow got a twenty-one. <laughs> oh yes, thank you. Shadow smells everything that's happening. Carissa rolls pretty badly, but she has a pretty good modifier, so she still gets a nineteen. All right, so I'm gonna say everybody except what? What did Shadow get? Twenty-one. Yeah, everybody except for Carissa actually gets this. You're having this discussion in the tell bond. And then it's like out of the corner of your eye, all of you see a figure in the middle of the clearing, about 60 feet away, as though they've just appeared there. And as you have a moment to turn to look at this lone figure that's just shown up, it's a tall, muscular figure but wearing what looks like weird tattered robes uh that hide most of the body you but do not the see... good parts right <laughs> sorry i'm sorry hey listen ah thir- julia is <laughs> thirsty tonight <laughs> who am i to bunch of trunks after dark listen right. you are more Thirst than welcome trap. To- Thirst for anything you'd like. Look, I'm just saying, there's definitely someone out there for whom this is their thing. Absolutely. And I just want to acknowledge it's your thing. Let it be How your thing. How thick is he? Does he have two C's? Enjoy Lauren's descriptive adjectives. There you go. I got a natural 20 on this. She's going to tell us if it's hot. 17-time world <laughs> champion, thick flare. If your natural 20 means I have to tell you if it's hot, well, let me continue the description, and then you can tell me if you think it's hot. I will tell you that the musculature on this on this creature is that of someone who definitely has put in a lot of work and is strong. Not bulky strong, but live. I look over to Jonathan the Magimus Healer. <laughs> yes, the elongated greenish gray head, no hair, but a giant back part of the head that kind of extends almost to a point with pale yellow eyes, no mouth or nose, no ears. 
stares at you in a way that is very difficult to discern because it's missing most of the features that you would use to read a creature like this. It is a biped it is, it's got two arms also sleeved in this purple goldish robe. Although you can see the hands, they are bare, unlike most of you who are wearing thick gloves in the snow. And there are also these very long, sinewy green gray. One of them is resting on a sword hilt on its belt. And it just seems to be standing there, staring at all of you. And then you hear in your head, a voice that can only come from this creature because you just know it in the back of your psyche as it says, Now that you have discovered what I wanted you to, we should discuss terms. And that is where we're going to pause. And the next time we get together, you're going to get a chance if you'd like to to talk to this creature. But first, let me give you some experience. I am always a fan of Speak With Dead. It warms my heart to talk to cold corpses. I also (laughs) um, am impressed by the fact that you would go ahead and split the party, despite the fact that usually that ends in death and destruction. And I will say at one point, there was a point, but you avoided it because some good rolls. Also, I really like the fact that Jonathan was so intent on getting Rory's telepathic bond back up that he would just sit in the snow somewhere and be like, plunk. Let's do this. Yep, gotta get this done. And uh, Travancore, I also enjoyed the fact that you were playing Overwatch the whole time and you had a very good question to add to Bernie's excellent questions. And so I will give you a total of 9,200 experience to split between the four of you. Next time we get together, we are going to have a discussion with somebody who thinks that they're talking about terms. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.